Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to Call of Discovery, the podcast where we invite you on a journey into the crucible for a weekly or fortnightly celebration of all things Keyforge, its lovely community, and of course, the excitement of Discovery. I'm somehow still here as your co-host over two years on. I'm Ed and I'm back with Zach. Zach, how you doing? Glory be to Mars, Ed. It's a beautiful day. Uh, glory be to mars oh no <laughs> i'm outnumbered oh goodness i didn't realize you were both little green men but um clearly clearly it all makes sense i'm gonna go and join d house on the wild wormhole podcast <laughs> where he maybe talk some sense about mars <laughs> but no today we are joined once again by mike you might know him better from the keyforge reddit as soho jin hi mike how you doing hello i'm doing brilliant thanks for having me and you're going to talk about a deck today, aren't you? With with, with without Mars in it, I believe. No Mars. Um, no, I've just had Mars a close free. look, and it does have Mars in it. Oh, oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. I've just had another look. Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry, Ed. We we had to lie to you about that just to get you to record the episode. Uh, it was oh. it was a necessary a necessary evil. I'm afraid. <laughs> I think I might have to take a shower after this episode if it's if it's all going to be Mars orientated. I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, well, Mike, what what is the name of the the deck you've brought today, and uh, what what excites you about it? Why why did you choose to come in and uh, talk with us about it? So the name of the deck is Los Aber Parker, the Mighty and Spiky. And aside from having a very very cool sounding name, it's also a very very funky deck. So as we've mentioned before, it does have Mars in it. It also has Brobnar and Shadows, and this is a deck for me that uh, is not necessarily the kind of deck that I would have chosen if you were to give me the the, the Keyforge cards and, and 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 make a deck. Almost as if the it's kind of a parallel to how Keyforge impressed me in the first place. It, Keyforge was never something that I would have told you I'd want, but as soon as I saw it, I knew that I had to have it, and that's the same with this deck. So the three houses of the of the deck. For me, all do their own thing and play their own part, and they feed into each other. So it's a very combat-focused deck. If you go down looking through Brobnar, we have the two Gauntlet of Commands. We have two Ganger Chieftains. We have uh, Grok, which is, has a, a good fight effect, and Phoenix Heart and Iron Obelisk. So this is a deck that wants to do a lot of fighting, take a lot of things off the board, and have position. And... This also lends itself into House Mars, where we have, as I mentioned before, my favorite card ever, 
two copies of Collector Worm. And Collector Worm having an amazing fight ability, and pair that with two Ganger Chieftains and two Gauntlet of Commands. Oh, and there's also a Relentless Assault in there as well. That 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 can do some damage. And you have a deck that can be slow to start. You might need to get some of these artifacts and, and pieces out onto the board. But if you can get the rotor churning and get things going, it can cause some real damage. And it's a fairly, I would say, um, in terms of its its attributes, fairly balanced across the board. Although it does not have any artifact control, which is maybe one of the uh, maybe one of the small things that, that it, it could have done with. But everything else, it has some good amber generation in there. A lot of a lot of uh, cards with some amber pits. We've got some stealing in shadows with the routine jobs. We've got um, some decent artifact control again in shadows and again with cards like Groke. Um, and but where the deck shines is with taking out uh, enemy creatures. And if we look down through to Mars, so we've also got obviously got the two collector worms there. We also have two hypno beams. So if we want to immediately take an opponent's creature out of action and just put it on our side of the board, we can do that. And if we want to do that multiple times, we've also got a Glixel Proliferator who can uh, recover Mars cards from the discard pile and put it back into the archives. And, oh, we've also got three copies of Mars first in there. So we could use that on, say, the Collector Worm to quickly take a creature off the board or use it on the Glixel Proliferator to archive some other Mars cards, maybe some Hypno Beams again. And it creates this cycle where, uh, as I said, once it starts churning, it makes it very difficult for the opponent to really do a lot with their creatures. Um, Shadows, again, does definitely play its part. Uh, the hidden stash for the archiving can be pretty useful. This, this is a deck that doesn't have great efficiency. Uh, this isn't a Logos deck. Um, but it does have a few ways to uh, disrupt what the opponent's doing. So the two copies of Subtle Maul, if you can get them out early on enough, um, if you're deciding to just take a Shadow turn, you can just have your opponent discard two of their cards from their hand, and that will definitely slow them down and give you a chance to to catch up and build some board presence as you as you set up another tirade with uh, with Mars and Brobnar. And also it has Little Niff, which is a card that anytime its neighbors, anytime one of its neighbors fights, you steal an amber. And with the deck having a lot of ways in order uh, in a lot of ways to fight, Little Niff can often become one of the highest value cards in a game if you position it correctly. Having Little Niff in between two collector worms is one of the best one of the best positions you can be in in this game and it's something you want to try and push towards and uh get that thing going and also you've got all these pesky creatures on the board you've got these uh these gang of chieftains you've got these collector worms you've also got a mind worm in there that can uh potentially do a lot of damage and you decide I want to be able to protect these creatures and stop them from just being attacked off the board by any big Saurian dudes or whatever. The deck also has 
a copy of Hideaway Hall, which is an artifact that has an Omni ability. So on any turn of any house, you can sacrifice it, and all of your creatures gain elusive until the next turn. So unless your opponent has a board wipe to take care of your creatures, now it's suddenly very, very difficult for them to fight your creatures off the board. And so you can keep up uh, the tirade against them. Um, and yeah, the, the, only, the only bad thing about this deck is I think the, uh, the copy of Bad Penny, which can sometimes be uh, a bit difficult to use. You do have... Um, you do you do have a few options in in uh, in shadows um, to to put the pressure on your opponent. Swindle is a good card to have as an instant get out of jail free if if, if things are looking close and your opponent is amber rushing their way to victory. And yeah, I think I've covered um, a lot of the things that I love about this deck. Mike, wow, you've given us a, a, a brilliant whistle-stop tour of this deck and, and why it excites you. And may I say, it is so lovely to have an AOA deck, an Age of Ascension deck, on <laughs> back on the deck discovery episodes on this cast because I think AOA has a rough time in people's minds. And yet what you're showing here is all of the excitement that that set brought to us, all of the things that that set brought to us, the shenanigans that that we can play with and we can have a lot of fun with. Um, now, obviously, I'm a little bit upset about the the presence of House Mars in this deck, but I will also admit that one of the things I dislike about Mars is the fact that Mars often plays with Mars, and I think that was particularly the case in Kota, whereas here we've got some really fun cards. Obviously, we spoke about Collect Worm in the previous episode, but Hypnobeam is such a fantastic swing of a card. Um and it's, it, it's just a really, really exciting deck. A really exciting deck. It's, it's also a deck, I think, that uh, when future sets come out, I mean, fingers crossed Mars come in a future set. I know Ed might not agree. But uh, that could then allow <laughs> no for... That could then allow for more interesting uh, scenarios with future Mars cards that might have weird abilities that will, will change the way this deck plays and having two hypno beams and three copies of mars first if we start seeing mars making a big comeback and a lot of people playing mars then this deck might get another lease of life on it oh true true yeah uh yeah that that would certainly be very exciting especially um i mean any new creatures right with static abilities something um like we've seen in starting an age of ascension barrister joya preventing enemy creatures from reaping um great targets for that double hypno beam and so we've uh we've we've seen how this deck slows down the the opponent right all this fighting all the taking all the taking of creatures and that shadows definitely with some steel like in uh the routine jobs and the little niff stealing after a, a neighbor of little niff fights uh but what what other ways once this deck is slowing down the opponent are there particular ways this deck uh then tries to accelerate itself to a win or is the game plan to just uh toss a stick into the spokes of the opponent's bicycle and then just straw a stroll across the finish line um I think that, that that kind of does sum up how the deck 
is, uh, in my opinion, meant to be played. It's meant to, <laughs> it's 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 meant to get that. It's it's kind of a deck that's that's waving a stick and it's trying to throw the stick into the bicycle spokes and, and they might ride away. But then you try it enough times and that's that uh, <laughs> your aim flies true and uh, you stop them in their tracks <laughs> and then it's quite difficult to get going again as you throw more sticks in their direction. Um, it's in terms of yeah, getting itself going. I think it can be quite a fast deck depending on what card draw you have. It's a deck that um, I feel that depending on what houses you have primarily in your in your opening hands and subsequent turns can often very well change how you are going to play the deck. So if you're starting off with a lot of Brobnar cards, you're wanting to get things out onto the board, get your, get your artifacts, um, get your creatures sort of set up ready to fight. Uh, but with Mars, you can often do some very quick things. Having uh, Glixel Proliferator with Mars first, Hypnobeam, um, it's, it's, you can often use those Mars first to quickly burst some Amber if you need to, if there's nothing on the board for you to, to deal with. Um, and yeah, same with, uh, with, with, with Shadows. You can normally just get, get a few things a few things set out. Use use your routine jobs to quickly uh, just just gain some leverage on the amber front, um, and yeah, I think that's I think that shows. Uh, yeah. Now, was was this Mike a deck you found in the wild, or did you spot this on the secondary market and just know you you had to have it? No, this was a deck that I found in the wild. Um, I mm. haven't purchased any any decks from the. Um, I guess you call it the, the the storefront or anything like that. I've not bought any secondhand uh, secondhand yeah, decks. Yeah. This was one of one of the first AOA decks I ever had. I think that when I first bought AOA, um, I picked up only I think it was only five decks. I think, and this was in that five. And obviously, I bought more decks over time. And this is a deck that I think I just keep wanting to come back to that i think it um it can play quite differently against different deck archetypes i think it covers quite a lot of ground um i think it's it it's quite a it can be quite an active deck in that it's it's got a win condition that it's trying to uh to enact but it can also be mm. quite reactive it's got a few things that it can do to kind of just you know, halt the opponent and then and then build it build itself back up and, and, and deal with what they can throw throw at it. Awesome. Awesome. And uh Mike, may I ask, what is the if you had to pick one play experience from this deck uh that is the most memorable for you, what would that be? I think it's a uh one particular game where my opponent played an experimental therapy on one of their creatures i believe it was i believe it was i believe it was mother and i believe that then i was able to then take that with the hypno beam and all of a sudden the deck just felt much faster and i built up um kind of this battle line of all these different creatures i had uh, collector worm next to little niff i had a brobnar creature on the other side and kind of got myself into this board state where i 
it didn't matter. They could have as many controlled weeks as they wanted, and it wouldn't have made a difference. That I was in a position where every single house was represented on the table. I had Umbra out. I could fight with Umbra and the, had the two subtle mules that could deal damage that way. I had um, the collector worms next to the little Nif and 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 other options with uh, other Mars creatures and wow. um, other other cards like Mothership Support to deal some damage. Um, for Brobnar, well, I have the Gauntlet of Commands. I can attack with these creatures, and it kind of reached this board state where I looked at uh my opponent's deck list and i thought they they can't actually they can't actually do anything that um <laughs> i know that might sound cruel but this was a board state that was built over turn and over turn and um then having one of their creatures having turned sides and just making my play experience much much easier for me um i i did feel kind of sorry for them but at the same time it kind of felt that, yes, this is the ultimate state of this deck, where it doesn't matter what house I play, I'm accomplishing something great. And, yeah, they could, they could throw all of the Control of the Weeks at me, and it wouldn't have, I wouldn't have batted an eyelid. Wow, that's, uh, that's quite impressive for a Age of Ascension deck. I know that Control of the Week, you know, locking your opponent into a particular house for their next turn is, uh, of course, maybe not as effective against things like Star Alliance or other house cheating, but for this AOA deck where you get it fully online, you capture just the right things with Hypnobeam, and you say, yeah, use all the control of the weeks you want. It's, you know, a, a great Keyforge card, as we discussed last time, very powerful, but nope, I've got answers everywhere. Can't <laughs> can't get ahead of me now. <laughs> that's that's lovely. That's really lovely. What a fun, what a fun state to achieve with uh with that deck. I love that. Oh, I think I had a bat drone of theirs as well. <laughs> that's what it was yeah and oh, i could yeah. use my gauntlet of commands to attack with that yeah i forgot oh, about that beautiful. one but now i remember and once i've taken that they were they were just like yeah what what am i supposed to do oh, well it's you know it's only it's only aoa it's a weak set there's no good card the decks in there you know mars is the weakest house of aoa you can't oh yeah all all, <laughs> all all the houses in all the games yeah yeah mm. <laughs> agreed and, it, and i think that this 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 deck as well um, a lot of people, I've, I've seen comments from people saying that, oh, people only think Mars is good um, because of Martian Generosity. And yet both, I have two Martian Generosity decks and they are nowhere near as good as this. And sure. it's, uh, and so, you know, for my money, I'm, I'm just thinking, no, Mars is Mars can still still do a lot in AOA. But I guess obviously everyone has their own experiences and such. But this for me is definitely... Um, a deck that probably is one of the main reasons I do like the little green men and would like to see them return um, sure. so that I can hypnobeam small creatures and <laughs> use all of the things at my disposal. Yeah, I, I will at least admit there are some cracking Mars cards in here and uh, Hypnotic Command as well, another cracking Mars mm. card that I will mm-hmm. also admit to. But I'm not rolling back my dislike of Mars, but I, I'm just saying that there are exceptions to it and it is a well-rounded dislike. Um, yeah. But no, Mike, to hear you talk about this deck makes me want to get out there and play more um, and to roll <laughs> back and play a bit more AOA again and see see what it feels like with um, with all the sets that we've had had to date. But are there any cards that you wish you had in this deck? I mean, obviously you've got the Hypno Beam, so you can, you can nick them from yeah. your opponent, but... 
Are there any cards that you wish you had in this deck that would just give it that extra edge from any of the sets or from any of the houses even? Um, I mean, you did mention Hypnotic Command, and that would have been a great card to maybe um, exchange for a copy of, of Mars first. But I don't think that would have been my first port of call. I think um, the Bad Penny in the deck could really have been um, replaced with with, with virtually, any, virtually anything. Um, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Bad Penny. And in, in, in this deck, it doesn't really do a whole lot. Um, so I guess, yeah, just changing Bad Penny to any other uh, any other common, maybe another Umbra, because then you've got another double of creatures with, with good fight abilities. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that. Oh, maybe, maybe, hang on, I've not really thought about this. Maybe, I'm forgetting the name of the card. This is, this is, this is really good. I obviously love Keyforge. Describe it and you might get 10 full points. It's the card, um, you play it and if you have more Amber than your opponent, you draw a card and they discard a card. Am I remembering the right thing? Perplexing Sophistry. Is that from AOA? I believe it is. Uh, that is yes, I believe. I yes. believe you're right. Perplexing sophistry. That would have been good uh, to have that on top of the subtle mauls. They're discarding another card. That's three. Fantastic um, name for a card. That one. It really is. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think one of, one of my uh, last questions about the deck here is that we've uh, we've obviously gone over all all this deck's strengths, and they are. Uh, obviously, I'm sure there are other decks with great collector worm synergy. This one has an awful lot of it across all three houses, and it's just, uh, it really looks like it fires on all cylinders, kind of pointing towards one game plan there. And you mentioned uh, there are some difficult matchups because it can be slow to get going. What kinds of decks or what cards in particular really give this deck a hard time? Um, number one, this deck's kryptonite is barehanded. Oh, that wow. is a, Yeah. That's a card that as soon as as soon as I see someone playing Brobnar, I'm immediately looking for that card on their deck list because I'm thinking I will have to change everything that I do, and it doesn't make the matchup impossible. But I then need to think: Do I really want to play two Gauntlet of Commands? Do I really want to play both Subtle Mauls and uh, and my Hideaway Hold and my Screech Bomb? It's a lot of things there that barehanded suddenly has this massive threat against this deck because it is quite artifact heavy um but i'm, I'm quite i guess uh thankful that a lot of other artifact controls don't do a huge amount against this this deck um having one or two artifacts destroyed doesn't destroy the deck's uh, abilities uh, but barehanded is definitely a big one um and i think also decks that have uh, a lot of great board wipe opportunities as well. Um, because this, yeah. So for for those who, um, uh, oh, and I've I've just I've just learned that this uh, barehanded is in uh, three sets. I've just learned. So if, if you're not familiar with this Robnar rare, it gives you an amber pip, and it's an action card that simply says put each artifact on top of its owner's deck. So. What happens there, right, is like you said, the artifact destruction, you've got redundancy. So maybe you don't care about a couple of them being blown up. But if you get this mix of houses in that deck, your deck has seven artifacts. So if all of a sudden you have seven artifacts from multiple different houses all mixed up on top of your deck, that's going to slow you down for several turns and turn off uh, a lot of your decks like strong abilities there. Wow. 
That's fascinating. That is fascinating. But on the flip side, you could have a maverick oath of poverty in this deck, which is <laughs> the uh, <laughs> fantastic rare sanctum action card, which kind of gives you an amber pip and says, destroy each of your artifacts, gain two for each artifact destroyed this way. I have to admit, I have a fantastic... Um, uh, AOA deck with this in it and tons of artifacts and it is my my <laughs> and, and it have a way of reliably archiving so I you can just pull it out at the end of the game and be like I get 10 amber see you later <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic fun if um, we just want to throw mavericks into there just I'll have a deck with a, a maverick legacy gromid and exile we'll just, we'll just put that in there <laughs> <laughs> it's possible <laughs> don't say never it's right. not probable, but it is no. possible. <laughs> It'd probably be the most degenerate deck you could ever play in, in your life. Oh but. my gosh. <laughs> Maverick Legacy Gromit with an Exile would be... Oh, that would be just silliness. Absolute silliness. <laughs> on on par with the uh, on par with the Triple Science Officer Morpheus uh, Restoring <laughs> Guntus Legacy deck. My goodness. But silliness is what we love on this podcast, of course. And, uh, <laughs> and we very much welcome it. Well, um... Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks again, Mike, for for coming on, and and I do hope that you've inspired our listeners to go back and rummage through their Age of Ascension decks and have a good look and see if there's anything that they they too can get excited about. And I'm sure there is. Um, Mike, where can people find you if uh, if they if they haven't already? Um, the easiest would probably be on Reddit. I do spend a fair amount of time on the Keyforge subreddit. Um, or just look for my search for Keyforge on the Hobby Drama uh, subreddit there. Um, and yeah, if you want to uh, if you want to let me know anything, hopefully it's good things. Um, but yeah, if you want to if you want to chat, talk about Keyforge, uh, got any interesting ideas, or if you like the things I've said, then yeah, just uh, you can find me there. Wonderful. Well, uh, thank you again. Mike, for coming on today. We were loved talking about great cards last week, listener. Uh, I hope you got to dig through that one with us and then diving into uh, a deck with multiple of Mike's favorite card, Collector Worm, and then just this deck that everything points to it and just sings, sings with a, a lovely game plan there, uh, which is just so Keyforged to find and enjoy and dive into a deck like that. And dear listener, if you are enjoying Call of Discovery, please make sure you're subscribed on your podcast app of choice. That'll help you see new episodes as soon as they're released. And if you're new to Keyforge, please make sure you're visiting that new player guide on Arcana Arcana. We've got that linked below in the show notes, and that's going to help you get started on your own unique journey into this wonderful game. If you are looking to support Call of Discovery monetarily, visit our Patreon linked below where you can sign up to support us monthly and enjoy rewards like our exclusive Discord where we get a lot of topics and questions for the show as well as access to Beyond Discovery, our new behind-the-scenes show where Ed and I talk about all sorts of behind-the-scenes stuff, a little bit of silliness, a couple stats about the show, hopes, dreams, and uh, a little bit less talk about Mars. Woo, woo! <laughs> Uh, let us know what you'd like to see more or less of in future shows by interacting with us across all of social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or send us a plain old email at podcast at calldiscovery.com. But most importantly, if you think a friend would enjoy this podcast, please help them to discover it. Have you answered the call of discovery? <laughs> <laughs>